Can you hear our messages of hope? We've all got the power of music to heal. Welcome to Messages of Hope, a podcast about the healing power of music, brought to you by The Cole Project, a nonprofit that provides music based grief support services. In this episode, we're going to pick up where we left off with Stephen and Tony in episode three. So we were talking, um, like about the structure of, 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 of the metal, of the type of metal that you do Mm -hmm. and the intention, um, behind that. I, I was also curious about, um, like the way that you work with each other, like, um, you know, like Pablo is such like those blast beats and the way that that goes, you are... Talk about that structure too, because it's like you guys are, uh, like you're, you're. I don't know how to describe it, but you guys are right there with each other. You're so tight. Yeah, it's. I, I think we're a really pocketed band, and when I say that, I mean like in the pocket, we groove well together. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as you know, our writing process and whatnot goes, it's sort of all over the place. Um, we all have access to. Uh, a means of recording ourselves, mm. um, and you know, there's there's ways to program drums. So, say I'm writing something by myself, or David and I are writing something. David, Tom, and I. Pablo's not there. We can, you know, record program drums, which Pablo will program drums too, because obviously you can't just record a live kit willy nilly any day of the week in your mm. apartment. So, so that would be a little difficult for him. S- yeah. So these program drums <laughs> make it a lot easier. And, and so we're able to really just digitally record. I mean, I use a digital amplifier. Not that I need to. You can mm-hmm. very easily do that, you know, in your program as well. But uh, we'll coordinate any permutation of us, whether it's one of us, two of us, three of us, or all four of us. And we'll always send songs back and forth. And sometimes we'll say, eh, no, this one's not going to work. Or, yeah, this one's got potential. Or, yeah, this one's... A single, have to use it, leave it as it is, don't touch it, things like that. Uh, We just really cover all bases, and and all of us are capable of writing on our own, but I think good things happen when we write together as well, and we work well together. So, um, let's get into the lyrics. Yeah. Okay, so... uh, All over the place. It's kind of intense. Yeah. I mean, from my perspective, but... Talk about that, like the writing process and just, I mean, there's nothing being held back. Nothing held back. Not that, really. No images, no subject. No, and, and I think the cool thing about metal is, although I said it's this really aggressive and pissed off music, you don't, you don't always have to write every bit that way. I mean, there can be uplifting songs while still having aggression to them. I mean, they're very in-your-face, but the message is positive. And for us, it's always been, you know, let's let's talk about things that actually matter to us. Mm. Uh, we don't want to just write about wizards in space and stuff like that. I mean, it'd be fun. Maybe we could, you know, work something out like that but and make it pertinent. But um, for us, it's, it's really no holds barred. Everything's fair game. Certain records... Our last record, Eternal Nightmare, was was very um, an emotional record for all of us. You know, the situations surrounding it, our personal life scenarios. 
was just all over the place. And so we wrote very honestly about anger and and loathing and deep sadness and and betrayal and all sorts of things like that. And it just felt good. It was kind of Mm -hmm. therapy for us and different records, different things. I mean, we've had, you know, we, we've have a different vocalist now, but you know, our old vocalist had a lot of things he liked to write about as well. And specific issues personal to him or world issues. And some men's talk about hating their ex-girlfriend or, just all these crazy things, things as petty as that all the way to, you know, political corruption. And and it's just, it's all fair game. Whatever's pissing you off, this is a good way to write about it. And for us, it's kind of never forced to always be true. Things like that. So what would your, what would your, what, what is your thought on people who talk about, um, music such as yours? And I, you know, you hear this with rap music too, as being dangerous, music as being problem music um as and this is not my yeah my thought on no, this no, but I you understand. know like yeah uh and the big word that i hear inappropriate inappropriate music i guess it just sort of depends on your definition of what's appropriate damn straight um a lot of people aren't comfortable with talking about the things that we talk about mm-hmm. using the words we use mm-hmm. Saying the things that we say in the way that we say them, basically, and uh, it's this goes back to metal not exactly being you know the pinnacle of stardom in the music community or in the world. We're not you know these pop sensations and we're not these hip hop you know mega gods. We it's it's sort of easy to latch onto that and say, hey, I don't want my kid listening to this or. You know, he's taking these horrible values from this, or she's depressed because of the music she listens to. It's mm-hmm. it's just, I mean, I, I'm not to say certain songs won't do certain things for certain people, but I don't think that's specific to metal. I mean, you don't feel the music causes. I I don't feel it's that the music is a causation. Mm-hmm. It's it's sort of an expression, mm-hmm. and. And I don't think if you have someone, a kid or a friend or someone you know that listens to metal, that they're expressing something you need to be concerned about necessarily. Um, Do you think there's times when there may be, though? Yeah, I, sure. I, I think yeah. so. Yeah. I mean, there there is a lot more that indicates someone's on a slippery slope or a dangerous path than just what they listen to, though. And. You know, it's a, it, there's so many more clue-ins than For just teens, do you think, though, um, I mean, how significant? Think about, like, for yourself as a teen, how much did your music mean to you as far uh, as how it was expressing? It, and, and do you think that, was your music enough? Did you want people to know more about you in, or, or talk to you more about it? You know, when I hear sometimes um, the music that is shared, it's like the only way that they're saying what they need to say about mm-hmm. Something that's really tough, that's really, really going on. And you talked about a lot of tough things that were going on in your life. Yeah, right? yeah, I felt that music was really... So when, you're, when, you're, when you guys and your music is so intense, and, um, I mean, are you seeing, like, what are you seeing with your fans? You know, what, what's some of the, the, the wor- uh, some of the conversations? And, and, like, what your music means to them as far as the way that it expresses. Right their life situation or something. You know, it's... I'm actually really 
grateful for my involvement with the Cole Project because people have been much more open with coming to me and, and talking to me about how our music affects them or how their life is, or, you know, something that's happened in their life that has been helped by music or even just something that's happened in their life and we're simply talking because we're at a concert together, things like that. Um, I've noticed, you know, so many of our fans are able to connect with our lyrical content or, you know, I keep saying it, but the emotions that our music mm-hmm. portrays. I, I think the community is full of a lot of people that are like me. Yeah. And I don't think to... Yeah, that, you know, I don't think that everyone is facing depression, anxiety. All those things that I said, I think everybody's in their own walk of life. Sure. But they just have that need for music that's intense. Right um, and, you know, we, we touch on subjects like addiction and, you know, loss, loneliness, um, sickness, all of these things. And I think people resonate with a number of different songs and a number of different albums because of what those albums said. And and I've had so many conversations of people saying, you know, this song kind of helped me to cope with, you know, this problem or, you know, my, my, you know, specifically regarding Cole Project, people have told me, you know, this song has helped me a lot with my friend or my family member passing. This album has gotten me through this really difficult um, portion of my life. Yeah. And, you know, I know that's true for a lot of bands as well. And I think that's another reason why our band, at least on my, for my part, I would always like to have lyrical content that's relatable that are real life problems. Mm-hmm. If it's going to be about a problem, it should be something about something, or it should be about something that people can relate to and take from. Yeah. And, you know, I think our, our band and many other bands are fortunate enough to have a message and have people that agree with them on it and to help them. I think we're all writing about things that we would like help with and mm-hmm. to, you know, it's a mutual sort of connection. Having the fans say that our music helps them helps us to hear that. You know, yeah. it's, it's one more person for us to be close with. It's one more person, one more person for them to be close with, yeah. um, to have a connection to. It's really, it's it's pretty amazing to hear what fans can, you know, hold on to, mm. or what message they can take. Sometimes it's a message you didn't intend, but you see and you can understand. And sometimes when it is a message you intend, that it feels so so great. You know, someone takes from a song what you wanted them to yeah. take from the song. So, do you remember your first um, really profound experience on stage, like where you were, you, you first maybe really because you have some insanely big crowds, right? Everywhere you guys go, it's just amazing. And um, like when I watch you, I think you, one, you're, you're just like the nicest guy I've ever <laughs> met, such a nice guy. But your presence on stage is. Um, I think you bring that on stage, though, too, you know, even though this music is this beautifully intense music, you know, but you're very pleasant up there. And I just, um, uh, yeah, I can't help but smile when I'm on stage. Yeah, it's yeah. just happiness. And you just look like you're so thrilled to mm-hmm. be there. I definitely your, am. And the connection that you make with your, um, with your fans is just absolutely beautiful. It's really beautiful. Yeah, But they're... do you remember, like, the first time you're like, holy shit, this is so awesome. Well, it was definitely the first time that I played with Chelsea Grin. We were on tour with uh, a band called The Black Dahlia Murder, which is one of my favorite bands ever. And it was our first tour with them ever, my first tour playing with the band. And it was, 
I mean, every night was sort of a surreal experience mm-hmm. for me. But um, the first night was in Chicago at a venue called Bottom Lounge. And it's not a huge venue. It's seven or 800 people, but it was completely full. Mm-hmm. And I went up there, and I had never played on stage to that capacity of a crowd mm-hmm. before. And just seeing people smiling, you know, ear to ear because they're at a metal concert getting out the same things I wanted to get out. It's just so cool. And to be able to deliver that to people mm. is, is absolutely the most amazing thing. Yeah. And so I knew the first show I played with the band, I knew right off the bat that this was the best service that I feel like I could ever provide. That's such a good word. So it's, it's sort of... A, that is what you guys do. Just seeing people out there smiling and, and having a blast, moshing, whatever you may do. I mean, you're moshing, you're having fun. There's people out there, you know, have their mean faces on, but, you know, I get that. I Sometimes I put my mean face on when I'm playing a riff that's really mean or a, a part that I really am into. I mean, it's just, it's so cool to see emotions on people's faces. I didn't mean to imply that you didn't faces. have more than your smiley face. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I try to put on the, the aggressive look here and there, but it does not work for me. <laughs> It's not, no one buys it. But, um, so yeah, I usually just hop around and smile and headbang and <laughs> laugh a lot. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that, I guess it's, I don't know, and like I said, every day of that tour, every day, honestly, that I'm on stage, it hasn't gotten old to me one bit. Yeah. I still go up there. It doesn't matter the size of the crowd. If people are smiling, uh, yeah. that just kind of resonates yeah. with me. Yeah. To see people being happy. You know, even though we're playing this crazy yeah. music, it just goes oh. to show that this is hitting the spot for them. Your fans are... are when we were at Warp Tour, um, amazing. Just the stories that they told. Yeah. Um, and I know that you've been um, going around the country, too, with the messages of hope yeah. that we... Um, that we're that we gather and <clears throat> for those of you who maybe aren't familiar the messages of hope there are these books that we have where people write messages of hope to each other mm-hmm. and then we share these and it initially started um uh as i was working with adolescents who felt so isolated yeah. and uh in all kinds of different ways but bringing these messages to them directly so that they could see but it's just turned into so much more. And I wonder if you're open to saying more about just how that experience has been with... Because you've been collecting more than any of us. Like it's just messages. been... Yeah, I mean, I take these books with me every tour I go on. Yeah. And, you know, if I don't have them in my hand, I leave them at the merch table for people to go and write in. And, I mean, to be honest, we get all variety. Some people leave a personal message to the band or they'll leave something funny. But so many of the comments and what we're really going for are these... It's, it's either just a quick comment, you know, don't give up hope, right. you know, music saved me, it could save you too, yes. things like that, you know, a short sentence have a huge impact, and then other pages will get a full story of, know. you know, this touching and beautiful just sort of uh, deliverance of trust, and they just trust us and want to provide other people with, you know, a community enough to provide this whole story and let people know they're not alone. That's the thing I love about the Messages of Hope books are, are the fact that it's really just creating this little community. Entry by entry, it's it's something that will show to the world and everyone that reads a single quote can can know that, you know, here's one more person that's, you know, on my team, or at least in my corner, and I'm in theirs, and, and we're, we're enduring the same thing in a different place. 
Right. It's just that I think that's the beauty of the, right the messages of hope. Right so I hope to get a lot more entries in those. Yeah, yeah, and I, you will. Yes, okay. we will. I'm going to just... Okay. So the Cole Project is all about uh, um, grief support for right. teens and, and, and young adults. And so um, I wonder if you were open to talking some about your own um, journey with grief and, and the role that music um, may have played in that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my experience with grief has been on you know several fronts, personal grief, grief over loss, the the serious grief started for me again young and mm. as I you know mentioned I was a hypochondriac and every night I thought I was gonna die in my sleep mm. and so every night was like a final goodbye for me and my family and that's where sort of I started experiencing grief uh, you know thinking I had terminal illness of some sort diagnosing myself I was a kid I didn't have any access to research methods really I just would diagnose myself, think I was going to pass away in my sleep, and, and that was a very grieving experience. And, and as I grew older, I started to, you know, I had a variety of friends and, and close family pass away, mm-hmm. and this sort of brought to reality, you know, that death and the loss of loved ones is something that we're all going to face, yeah. and I really wasn't quite ready for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very sort of blindsided. I had a friend pass away when I was very young. He was abused and and uh, basically beaten to death by his mother. Wow. And I was very, very confused. I was completely stricken. And it, I was young. It, it was sort of an interesting relationship. He was a good friend of mine. And it was sort of this onset of confusion. Uh, guilt, what was the last thing I said to him? How old um, were you? I think I was... I was 10. Mm. Yes, I was 10 at the time. And you know, I said, am I a horrible person if the last thing I said to him was, uh, see you later, idiot, or yeah. shut up, or something like that. I couldn't remember. I was racking my brain. What's the last thing I said to him? What can I do for him? What What's going to happen to him? Like, what happens to his mother? Someone who did this to him. Right. Didn't understand any of these things. And it was this huge feeling. And Did you feel you could ask anybody? Yeah, I, I, I was very close with... I mean, I am very close with my, my mother and father to talk to them about these things. And, you know, I still, to this day, anytime, I can still talk to them mm-hmm. about anything. But, um, you know, they were very comforting and they kind of helped me to sort of catalog my mind and mm-hmm. help me to keep myself a little bit in check and, and be more realistic and think about situations a little bit differently like that. And then... That was sort of my my very first experience, and it was all sort of synonymous with my entry into metal. And then, you know, more recently, uh, one of my very best friends, Alec, he drowned, and this was hmm, 2014. And he, you know, I, I this was my I remember very vividly. I was in my first day of Warped Tour. And it just oh, wow. it's episodic memory. I know where I was the moment I found this out. He, he passed away, and, and it was, you know, an avoidable death. Uh, he was, you know, electrocuted in the water, and it, this just sent me through a very, very deep sort of fugue of sadness, um, a heavy, heavy grief. 
I wasn't there. I hadn't seen him for a while. I'd been touring, uh, you know, gone a lot. I, I, you know, you come home from tour and you can't quite make the rounds that you want to make to see everybody. And, you know, I, I felt guilt about not seeing Alec as much as I would have liked to. I, I couldn't find any happiness, even though we had a very hilarious and amazing bond. I was just enveloped in that. And it totally consumed me for quite a while. I, I couldn't stop thinking of him. Uh, it was in every thought for me. Mm, every, you know, I'd sleep and I would think of him. I would wake up and the first thought would be about him. Yeah. And it was just very difficult. And uh, it was, a, it was a, a heavy feeling. I couldn't quite uplift myself from. I don't know, I sort of speaking in circles because even now, I, yeah. anytime I think about it, it's sort of just astounding how I, I could not pull myself out of it and I mean not that that's you a surprising pull yourself thing. out of it out of, I, I, out of grief I could not pull myself what do you think from it would have looked like, like pulling did, myself from it yeah I mean eventually it took the form of of being able to play um, so were you it impacted your playing like you weren't able to or I mean it, it sort of put me into a regarding my musical relation, you know, abilities, it, it put me into a, a lull. Mm-hmm. I couldn't think creatively. Mm-hmm. I couldn't think about much else. Yeah. And I, you know, obviously I had a job to do on tour and I still got my job done, but it was, you know, very difficult. It was sort of difficult to get the motivation to exist throughout the day to, you know, go about my emotions. I just wanted to sit and sort of grieve over my yeah. friend. Did you... Did you understand much about grief at that time, even, you know, as a young adult? It, did you... It had been... I mean... Uh, I didn't understand it quite so closely. I mean, I, I had never lost such a close, close... Uh, a best friend. You know, someone who was in my innermost circle of, of trust and love. And... Um, it definitely hit me in a different way than, than losing anyone else had. I mean, there were certain people that I was able to just sort of rejoice in their life and, and just think, try to, you know, stay positive. Obviously, there was sadness and there was, a bit, you know, grief, but I was able to capture the positivity uh, much easier. And with Alex passing, it, it was a very different experience. It was a whole new monster. And it's not to say Alec, I mean, all these people mean so much to me, but this, and I didn't understand why. I didn't know, what, I didn't know exactly what I was feeling. And it took me a minute to realize it was grief because it, it felt different. Yeah. And it was just a different, different type of grief, I suppose, and a longer lasting grief. And, you know, eventually the only way that I was able to start moving forward was to pick my instrument back up and channel it, really. Mm. Start writing about it and all of the things that it made me feel. It being grief, it, Alex passing. Um, it just became, became sort of a, another language, something that I could speak in that only I could understand and that was totally okay you know for the time being 
and it just was a you know, kind of like keeping a journal for me. Yeah. You know, I would just write about it musically. Right. And eventually, you know, it helped. I wouldn't say distract me, but it, again, sort of form it into this positive reflection on this amazing person, you know, which took a lot of time. And I think, you know, it's the hardest, that's a big step to, to just mm-hmm. focus on the positivity and to rejoice and celebrate their life. Yeah. Do you feel like your relationship with him has transformed? Do yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, even not having him around, I still think much about him. He's sort sure. of like a, a reference to me for certain things in my life. He was a, a boisterous, wild, fun-loving person. And, you know, and that was good for me. He was a friend I needed because I was not that way for, for a lot of my life. And, you know, even to this day, I'm still reserved and quiet a lot of the time. But I'll think, you know, what would Alec do? What would Alec like to do? What would Alec yeah. say? What would I say to Alec? Yeah. Um, so I still, you know, hold him very dear. And all of my friends, I mean... We all hold him. We think about him every day. We don't mm-hmm. ever forget him. And, uh, yeah, our relationship is, is just, you know, he's still a, such a close friend. Right, he's still a close friend. But now I, I, I think of what he, what he would do or what he would say, like I said. Yeah. So he helps me keep it lively and mm-hmm. have fun sometimes, nice. you know. Nice, nice. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That's, yeah, yeah. I really appreciate that. Oh, wow. This has been... Um, is there anything that you want to say that maybe I haven't asked? I think there's just so much to ask you, but I also know that we'll get some more time to yeah. talk. It sounds like we might get to talk with you and some of uh, Chelsea Graham. Some of my guys, yeah. Some of your peeps. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, but at this point, anything that you want to say or... I mean, metal-specific, not metal-specific, I think that... Music absolutely is, as I just said, a whole new language. Mm-hmm. And it's something that everybody can speak, whether it's something they can only speak with themselves and express to themselves or a language you didn't even know you could speak between your friends. And, and I think it's such a fantastic way to communicate between others, communicate within yourself, um, express yourself, vent, uh, it's therapeutic, it's life-saving, it provides hope, it provides healing, just as, you know, the Cole Project so, or, you know, as the Cole Project professes, it, it does all of that, it really does. It unites people, it brings people together. And I will say, Metal, the community that I'm lucky enough to be a part of is so tight-knit, yeah. and I'm so grateful for it. Everybody I've met has been amazing. Every fan I've met, every like-minded musician I've met it's just even when I'm not listening to it it's providing me so much joy and just being a part of this life being involved with it having a passion for music it's it's basically been everything to me it's helped me get through everything in my life deal with everything I've had to deal with it's kind of my cure-all so I, I think that's why I'm so in love with what the Cole Project does so. And we're in love with you. <laughs> well, thank you. 
thank you so much for your time. Yes, absolutely. Really, really appreciate it. We it's look a pleasure to talking with you and just hearing more about your adventures and everything that you're doing. So. Yes, lots of adventures, lots to so talk about. So many cool adventures, mm-hmm. so many great things. So thank you, Stephen. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Can you hear our messages of hope? We've all got the power of music to heal. Thanks for listening to Messages of Hope, a podcast about the healing power of music brought to you by The Cole Project, a nonprofit that provides music-based grief support services. Follow us on Instagram or visit our website at thecoleproject.org.